Hey everyone, my name is Sumble Siddiqui. And I'm Alana Mallon, and we are two new Cambridge City Councilors, and this is our weekly podcast, Women Are Here. So we haven't been here since like August 12th. It was so hot the last time we were here, and now it's like cold and rainy. Yeah. September. <laughs> it's depressing. I love fall. You do? Uh, I do because I have a good fall wardrobe. Ooh. You know, like sweaters and like cute. I huh. like wear the same thing every day, so it doesn't really help. <laughs> I do like the apple cider donuts. Yeah. And leaves. Yeah, that's leap, leaf peeping. Leaf I've learned peeping. that's, a, that's mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so we missed you guys. We missed all of you guys, everyone. Uh, and we are back, though. We are back, We're and it back. has been like a little over a week, and we've had 100 meetings. Yeah, and... You, people are like, oh, you had a summer recess. Not really. Like, we I know, had I was tons just reading, of meetings. I was reading that in the paper. Or, like, somebody commented, like, maybe the counselors shouldn't take the summer off. And I was like, oh, my God. I, you should see my calendar from the summer. It's a disaster. It's worse than. It, it was awful. Mm-hmm. I, it, I mean, it was, it was very busy. Yeah, it's not like we did it, not it was have not a recess. No. Anyway, anyway, canvassing tales. Tales from the trail. I, I have a couple. Yeah, go ahead. Um, well, first of all. Over like at the end of August, I don't you know the the Boston City Council the she's running for Boston City Council yes. Helene Saint Vincent. She posted um, a photograph of herself um, sitting in a stairwell, um, and the whole the whole Twitter thread was really about how she had gone to a door. She was door knocking. She was canvassing for herself. She's running at large, um, and she knocked on a door, and a guy came to the door basically in his underwear, and. She asked for his vote. You know, it's like that happens all the time, right? Like, yeah. It's people come in various, mostly men, various states of undress. And she asked for his vote. And he said, if no one prettier comes along. And she just posted a picture of herself sitting in a stairwell and like how dejected she was, like that she's out there every single night. She has to like ask for votes for men who come to the door basically in their underwear. And then it's like really sexual, right? Like if no one prettier comes to the door. And so it really started this whole conversation about women and canvassing. And then there was a whole, you know, women of color canvassing is, a you know, a, another whole situation, right? Like it's really, really difficult. And I'm sure that, I mean, I know that you have some stories from last time and from this time um, about how hard it is to canvass as a woman and a, as a woman of color. And so it was really it kind of exploded on Twitter and lots of us kind of jumped in and talked about our experiences. And one of the things I said was last time in 2017, it was like in October, it was, you know, it was starting to get dark around 645. And I was canvassing in East Cambridge and I, you know, a lot of those houses, like there's the outside staircases. So I walked up to the the second floor on an outside staircase mm-hmm. and the guy came to the door and kind of came at me. Um, and it was a really, it was a little, it was very scary. Um, I was fine, but I was by myself, you know, like I, you know, I like drove my car and I, you, no one's canvassing with you. Right. Like it's, it's not like you have a multitude of people who are out there every single night and you can go out in pairs. It just wasn't like that. And I had to make the decision to just not canvas after dark, e- even though I knew like our male counterparts were out there without a, you know, a safety care in the world until seven thirty, eight o'clock. I mean, that's a lot of door knocking time where people are home. And so. Um, it got picked up by the Boston Globe. And so it just kind of started this whole interesting conversation around, yes, it's hard to run as a woman, but there's so many reasons why. And one of them is like the the real physical safety um, concerns that you have as a woman is when you're like literally knocking on somebody's door. Like I had somebody this Sunday who was like, come on in. Um, and I was like, that's okay. I'm just going to 
yeah. her on your doorstep and it's weird then because then you've like made this like wall between you and a resident I don't know anyway so I didn't know if you had anything to add to that but that was yeah I mean it's, it's interesting I saw the tweets and I it, it reminded me of uh, times I've had last uh, election and even this cycle I think I think I texted you after this happened but like recently I had gone to a door and I think I'd scared someone by accident and I was on their doorstep and they were behind me and didn't see me and you know it was this I think in their view a, a joke but it was it was really hard to hear you know they, they said something like you know you're lucky I didn't shoot you and I was <laughs> I like I think you did text me and that's so absurd I was like mm, and I didn't even know what to say to this person I was like I, I, you know because the connotations you know sure you know and so I <laughs> I was like okay bye and I'm sorry I scared you but yeah there's a lot of um what, I think there's a, some hypocrisy, too, that exists in Cambridge in particular. You know, you have an immigrant's welcome sign. You have a Black Lives Matter sign. And then you, I go to the door. They're like, what do you want? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or won't even like, I don't, I don't, you know, the people will come out. And it's mostly white men who will say, oh, um, I, I don't knock on the door, doorbell. <laughs> like just really, really awful encounters. But, you know, it, that that is to say that that, that does happen. But. For the most part, there's been very good experiences at the door, but you always remember these 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 stories, and they they don't leave you because it is it is it's painful. It's painful, and you know you do like you invite yourself into somebody's universe, right? right. By like knocking on their door and and wanting an interaction, and um, so you do kind of I like I it's hard every door when you ring a doorbell and you're like I just don't know what's going to happen. It's like I, so fearful. I know, and it's <laughs> and it, I have I have talked to many many men who come like without a shirt on and it's like kind of weird and distracting to be talking about like your policy platform <laughs> right and yeah. there's like somebody I don't know it's just a, it's it's something that like I would never come to sh- to the door without clothes well yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean I know men are different but like it's it's, it's so just weird. awkward it's so weird. anyway so that's a, that's one of my tales from the trail and the other one was Sunday Oh, yes. So I, okay, so I spent the entire weekend, probably much like you and every other candidate, right? Like you, I had two house parties. I went to two events. Mm-hmm. I knocked on over 150 doors myself. And I'm like heading home Sunday, like just BBD. BBD. Just BBD. Yeah. Broken. Busted. Busted and dejected. Yeah. Right? Like I was, it was painful. So, and I look across the street. And I see this woman and she's just like power walking, you know, she's like on her yeah. phone and she's got her b- baseball cap on. And I was like, I just kind of noticed her because she was like <laughs> the opposite of me, right? Like she was like purposeful. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, it's Senator Warren. And she's like on the phone and she's just like blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know what? I know she was like up in New Hampshire <laughs> doing selfie lines until 1.30 in the morning. Like if that lady can be out there, right? she was probably solving like the climate problems yeah she was like getting rid of uh, you know college debt like just on the phone (laughs) (laughs) i was like okay all right alana get yourself together you got eight weeks to do this if elizabeth warren can do it you can do it too right no that picture was great it was like oh my god we can all you know it's okay to be bbd um and then also just because you know each day is new and this but this week has been a doozy this week's been a doozy okay so let's get into it um, yeah, so we were back Monday night at our meeting, which lasted until 
One. One o'clock in the morning. It was bananas. There were so many people there. We had a couple of, so we had two big issues that were on the council. One was the disposition of the parking spaces at the First Street Garage um, in conjunction with the Sullivan Courthouse uh, project. And then also the affordable housing overlay. We had um, last Tuesday, the first day back uh, in September, was that a seven hour meeting? Yeah. Yeah. So we had a seven hour ordinance committee hearing, um, which was just to go back through the the rest of the amendments that we had all proposed with CDD and the law department to try to figure out how we can, you know, put all of those amendments together and update the language. And at the end of the meeting, at the end of the seven hours, um, Mayor McGovern, I think, voted or, you know, wanted us to vote to whether or not to put it in front of the full council and, um, and get it out of the ordinance committee. And then so five of us voted yes. So you, me, um, the mayor, a Councillor Simmons and Councillor Toomey. Um, but four people voted against sending it to the full council. So it was in front of us last uh, on Monday night. So it was the topic of a lot of controversy, not just Monday night, but over the last year, essentially. Um, and so... Yeah, we were voted to <clears throat> table it uh, and... I don't know if you got calls over the weekend, but I certainly got a lot of calls to my cell because of a mailing SPOA did. Yes, the Small Properties Owners Association. I actually didn't, when I was canvassing this weekend, a couple people had asked me about the flyer and I hadn't seen it, so I just didn't know what they were talking about. Um, and then I got one to my house on Monday. Mm. And I was, first of all, that kind of mail is really expensive. Yeah. Um, it was a, you know, a, two whole pages and inside there was a an envelope mm-hmm. like a donation envelope so i was i posted on twitter like how much does this kind of thing cost because i know you know when we send out a direct mail one of the reasons campaigns are so expensive is because when you send a, a piece of direct mail i the one i sent out last time was eight thousand dollars right to, to reach you know all the registered voters that vote in municipal elections so i'm assuming it went home to every property owner which is significant it's a significant number and i'm I would imagine it was twice that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, you got a lot of calls. I yeah. got a lot of questions um, about that. Me too. So I, when I picked up the phone, I could clarify and people were like, oh, oh, you know, it was like. Right. And so anyway, all that to say this whole year and over a year has been a process. And uh, I felt that we were getting somewhere. Uh, but we as a council had a few options. Uh Right. Yeah. And so you, do you want to go into the options? Well, so in any for a typical thing, um, you know, like if, if someone or myself put it in a policy order, um, to, in order for it to pass, you just need a, a simple majority, which is five out of nine. Right. So for any zoning changes and actually for this parking disposition that we were talking about, you need a super majority, which is two thirds, which is six, six out of nine. So um, because there was only five votes to get it out of the ordinance committee, I think the feeling was we just we were never going to have that supermajority within the time frame of the petition ending, right? Because once you when you have a petition, um, a zoning petition, and you have your first ordinance committee hearing, it has to be acted upon within a certain number of days, and we were bumping up against that number of days, which I, I think the the petition expired on September thirtieth. Yeah. 
And we don't have a meeting that night, so it would have to have had a final action on it by September 23rd. And in order for that to happen, we would have had to vote it on it on September 9th. Anyway, all that to say is that we had, because we didn't, within that time frame, we didn't feel like we were going to be able to get the six votes, we could have tabled it, which keeps it open. Um, and we can continue talking about it for the next two years. Um, it probably won't come up the rest of this term, but could come up next term. And it, the petition could actually be refiled at some point. Yeah. We could vote um, to send it to a second reading. What was the third option? I'm so tired. And then it was, uh, or we, you know, keep, you know, I think, was it, you could vote it down? Yeah. So yeah. We, you could vote it down. You could um, send it forward for a second reading or you, you could keep it on it. the table. And I think ultimately Mayor McGovern uh, yeah. voted to table it so that we could keep the conversation alive. Because if the, if we took negative action on it, you can't bring it up in any form. For two years. For two years. I mean, it, it would have to be substantially different. And we had a legal opinion at the meeting around what, I feel like we've had this conversation a couple of times at the council, like what is substantially different? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so it was disappointing. I felt disappointing yeah. after all that work. And I felt like we had 20 plus hours of amendment meetings where I felt like we were getting to a place where people right. were like getting, you know, we all, you know, we removed the tree protection ordinance from the affordable housing. So, cause that was a big concern. Um, we, you know, limited the floor area, um, the FAR to 2.0 in residential. Like there was a lot of things where I thought we were like making progress, making progress yeah. and making concessions. But, uh, but I think given that time period, we, yeah. you know, I think the, the best solution was, and everyone voted to table it. So yeah. it could have been one of those situations where not everyone voted to table it. So I think, it does show that our colleagues, some of them who voted against it, um, they have said that, you know, they're open to the future. So, you know, on to the next thing. Every day. Uh, yeah. We're still getting these emails. Like, I know. Vote no. Vote no. And it's like, <laughs> it, it's like kind of painful. I'm it's like, very okay, painful well, now. It's, it's, it's not happening this term. Uh, uh, and then some people are very upset that we didn't just like, you know. Vote, right, voted down write it completely, out. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that happened, and then our meeting on the courthouse is going to happen. We we listened to about six hours of public comment. <laughs> it felt like six, but I think it was four. Was it four? Oh, yes. Wow. There was an hour of public comment before. That's true. Okay. And then there was four hours, because then I think it was 1030 by the time yeah. we actually started. And people were pretty it. mad at how all of that went down, because people didn't know when they were supposed to speak, and... I think having a hearing within the meeting is tough. It is. It is. Um, because it was a different sign up. Um, and there was a lot of people there. And somebody suggested that we should have had it in a place that would have held more people, that there wouldn't people wouldn't be in an overflow room yeah. and like not be able to hear. It. And I totally hear that. I think that's <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. Um, and the Sullivan Court the <laughs> Sullivan Court the Sullivan Chamber um, is not equipped to handle that many people. Exactly. So anyways, by the time we even got to like talk about it, it was 1030 and we still had our whole agenda to do. So what we did was we recessed that meeting um, until next Wednesday. And so we will have a vote, I guess, then. And then we then heard the remaining public comment. Yeah, which after we recessed. almost nobody. <laughs> it was like six around. people, seven people. God bless those people. Oh, I know. We were like, line up. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. And then we like 
quickly went through and have some items that we postponed to next Monday. Yeah, anything that there was going to be a discussion on, we postponed until Monday. And anything that there was no discussion or just needed to move on, we we did those. So yeah, we were there and uh, we we were here now and uh, both of us were like, (laughs) oh my God, we have not recovered. (laughs) Have not recovered. And then it was one o'clock in the morning and I went out to get in my car to drive home. It was dead. My battery had died. Don't worry, guys. I drove her home. I was like, what a perfect ending (laughs) to this super long day. And I was like, get in. And I didn't even have my glasses. No, you didn't have your glasses. I had a dead car. I was, no one sent us a pizza. Like nothing. BBD, BBD. (laughs) BBD. All right. So there are some, definitely some other things that have been going on and are coming up that we wanted to make you aware about. Um, One of the things I have been working on, I'm really excited that happened this week is I've been working on um, a survey with the Cambridge Health Alliance and with the Cambridge Fire Department to get our firefighters. I wanted to do a cancer screening survey to try to figure out how many of our our firefighters are being annually tested for various cancers that um, afflict particularly uh, firefighters. So skin cancer, colorectal cancer, cancer, uh, lung and prostate cancer. So Overall, firefighters face a 9% increase in cancer diagnoses and a 14% increase in cancer-related deaths compared to the general population. So I really wanted to understand how many of our firefighters are having those annual screenings. And if they're not having them, why not? And how can we help remediate that situation? So Boston just released their survey. And uh, I think it was a little instructive. And I think it'll be interesting to see what comes back um, with ours. So that, when, are, when is it going to come back? So think? I think they have a month. Okay. Um, and so in Boston, almost 60% of their firefighters actually return the survey, which is pretty high That's for a survey. And, um, you know, it's occupational cancer is no oh, joke. Oh, gosh. It's and no joke. I know. I was, um, 9-11 was yesterday. I know. And, and so um, I've really been thinking about yeah, that, too. Yeah, There's just been so, oh, so many cases, so. Yeah, and, you know, I think we've talked about this before because, you know, fires are so different right now especially in cambridge where a lot of them are in our like our labs and they're mm-hmm. every fire right now is kind of a hazmat experience for our firefighters and you know we don't really know what the outcomes are of some of these things and so i think it's important for us to really know that they're getting those screenings and yes, if they're not why yes, not exactly uh what else so last night we were both uh attended well you had a climate did you you had a climate change yeah i had a health and environment committee hearing around the climate change task force That's, how'd it go it was good um i actually really wanted to go because i really want to understand their work and how it and how it intersects with the housing conversation because i do really think we're having a binary conversation mm-hmm. about the climate and absolutely building housing um and i did feel a little bit last night like it's still happening yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm not on that committee. So I was at um, a better Cambridge, a better candidate Cambridge candidate night, and so we had a lot of questions around housing and 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 our thoughts on housing. And one of the questions was around tenant displacement and uh, what the city could be doing. And it felt um, really good to talk about my tenant displacement task force. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a lot of the folks candidates were talking about we should do this we should do that and i just it was like wow we're i'm doing all this already (laughs) (laughs) and so look at me uh you know people are are, there was there's a big expectation about the task force report coming and where that's going to be are you up to the challenge oh i know i was like oh Oh, better be good so we have our final meeting next tuesday and uh i'm excited because we also now have a 
uh, city manager's housing liaison. No one was getting the term right, and I was kind of like, well, you know. Well, because it was ombuds person yeah, yeah. for a long time. And we um, we changed that to housing liaison, and so uh, that person is more Penzik, who... Um, She's on your task force. It was on, is on yeah. my task force. So it, it, it all worked out really great because we were so worried about who was going to be kind of helping implementing some of yes. these recommendations and thinking about this broader policy. And yes. more has been like fantastic on the task force. And then I found out she was the person. Get, yeah, get, just decided to um, apply and get this job. So excited for her, excited for the work that's going to be coming out in the next few weeks. And there's going to be some new funding allocations coming out uh, for, for some of the policy orders already related to the work. And so I'm I'm excited. I'm, I, I, uh, I think it's nice to see that all coming together. Yeah. And, you know, I hopefully I get a chance to see uh, in the future and continue to do this work, too. Yeah, I can't report. wait. I can't wait. I know. I met with um, Maura Pensack this week to talk about the job, and she's really excited. I'm really excited that she's there, and it's a nice dovetail from your task force exactly. into her new position. Um, so that actually kind of leads me into uh, one of the big things that's been going on in the past couple of weeks is the Cambridge uh, Carnival was canceled sort of at the last minute um, due to a credible threat through the police department um, of some violence that would occur, whether or not we had it um, on the actual date or on the rain date. And it was, I guess, a really, really difficult decision to make um, to cancel it. And it has caused a real sense of um, very justified injustice around, like, why are we canceling the one event for our Afro-Caribbean community, right? So... And it's never been canceled. And it's never been canceled. And I know that in 2017, um, you know, the city manager, the police commissioner, and the mayor and everyone were on the stage. And, you know, there's 30 police officers right there. And a guy 10 feet away, you know, started shooting. Two people got shot. 11 people were trampled, including a very young girl. And um, so in 2018, we, we basically just said the entire police department has to be on that day. And working it was crazy yeah like no one had the day off um and that was without a credible threat of violence and so i know this has been really really hard for the caribbean and, and african-american community here in cambridge but it's you know what for me it's like really brought to light is the fact that we don't have enough festivals to support the diversity of the city why should we just have one thing yeah um for the caribbean community so i for me it's been really Coming back to speaking of your task force and um, things that came up, one of the things that came up during our task force, the arts, the arts task force, is that the festivals that we have are not reflective of the diversity of our city, and no one's really looking at that. Yeah. And that one of the recommendations that came out of the task force is to hire a director of arts and culture to really look at like what happens at city hall, what lunches do we have, what festival, what citywide festivals do we have, what, how are we looking at the diversity of our city and making sure that everyone feels represented so that if they just have the one thing, you know, and, and it has to get canceled. It could have been canceled because of rain, too. It's just when things are that high stakes, I think it makes it really, really difficult and, and hard on the community. And I know that there was a really, really hard community meeting um, at the church with the police commissioner talking about, you know, the Boston Marathon has never been canceled, right? right. And so it really kind of challenges and and asks those questions around, like, why are we canceling? Um, I, I'm not one to 
to second guess a you know a credible threat of violence. I would hate if we had uh, if we knew that there was a credible threat and then people did get shot and people did get hurt. That would that would not be a great that would not be an outcome that anyone would want. Um, <clears throat> but again, it's it kind of goes back to like how do we make sure that we have multiple festivals, multiple events for a, the community in Cambridge. Yeah, and we had a former counselor and former Mayor Ken Reeves mm -hmm. stay the entire night uh, and speak at public comment near like at 10, 11, probably 11 o'clock and just say how this is, you know, there's so much pain associated from this because this event, there was a, you know, a long time in the making and mm -hmm. um, it's never been canceled anywhere. And, right. you know, he, was, he kind of um, paralleled it with the feast that happened, the Italian feast that happens in East Cambridge every year and and highlighted this fact of like, this is the one thing that we have for people yep. of color in our city. Yep. Uh, and so I think we need to be looking at it. Um, and uh, I'm, I think there were a few events organized by the Carnival Committee last week. We have a policy order to discuss next week uh, that kind of gets to okay better communication procedure too because we found out when everyone else found out uh essentially mm -hmm. uh and so that that uh, and i think uh there was a lot of twitter <laughs> people being like cambridge how could you do this how could you do that and, and counselor Wu and yeah in boston boston yeah so uh i think there's a lot of lessons learned and uh we should also think about and the, the policy order gets to this of alternatives and and having plans uh to to having a plan b um as well and making sure that we we help the carnival if it's going to ever get canceled again to back our support in any way possible to make it happen mm -hmm. so well, look forward to more it. to come yep more to come on that um and then this is really exciting yeah children's savings accounts it's been mm -hmm. a while since we talked about those but the rfi the request RF RFP, RF, okay, the RFP yeah. has gone out this week to local financial institutions um, to hopefully partner with the city to open savings accounts for every kindergartner. So Sumble, myself, and the mayor have been working on this. <laughs> oh, God. For a long time. For a long time. Um, and it's this is kind of the final stages of looking for a partner. So, you know, a, it will be, you know, a financial institution will be partnering with us to help open these accounts and um, also providing a financial literacy component. Um, you know, the studies show that starting out with as little as $50 help kids become uh, three times more likely to attend college or other post-secondary program and then four times more likely to actually graduate from that program. So that's exciting. Yeah. And so just to clarify, too, it's a request for interest. Uh, not See, proposal. You're I was right. like, so, <laughs> <laughs> to help, uh, yeah, identify a partner, and uh, you know, we're really excited. So it's going to be the benefit to benefit the f our five-year-old children who are at uh, the Cambridge Public Schools, and we are expecting to select a partner in the fall for the program. I know. So, I'm excited. So this is it's yeah, happening. It's happening. We've been working on it for you know since january 2018 and i know that there are some financial institutions here in cambridge who are really excited yeah, about yeah. working on this with us so what um hopefully we'll report keep you posted keep you posted on that um okay so we have a couple of events coming up this weekend starting to get packed with like fun fall events so saturday is the danahee park family fun day from 11 to 4 at mm -hmm. Danahee Park. This is always a really good time if you have kids, um, even if you don't. It's like fun to walk around. There's like food, uh, there's kites, there's games, there's like 
rides rides the fire departments there the police departments there last year that you could like drive electric cars or yep and test them out and test them out um and then there's like my favorite thing is like the schools do bake sales (laughs) yeah i'm like give me that and give me that and give me that and give me that (laughs) um but then you know there's you can there's lots of you can dunk the mirror and I did that last year. I got him. You nailed him like so hard. And there's a picture is great. I was the picture. So you were happy. so happy. Um, they, did they ask you to do it? Yeah, that uh, water was so dirty last uh, no, year. No, thank you. No way. No way. Not, I mean, not even. Yeah, no way. It no depends way. on how much, but like probably n- n- no. Um, I know um, Monika Bowman did it last yeah, year, and I yeah. don't see her on the list this year. Who's, who's on the list? I think it's um, Mark. And the Cambridgeport principal, Katie. Okay. And then I think Patty Nolan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I think it's those three. I think those are the three that I remember. There might have been one more person. But um, yeah, yeah no, so thanks. you can dunk all those people. <laughs> <laughs> There's fire trucks. You can, the children can go on. And go the, the bomb sniffing dogs are there. Yes, and they're all yes. so cute. Um, and then like there's jugglers and all kinds of stuff. So definitely check out Danahy Park Fam- Family Fun Day. It's a fun event and and if it I'll be there gets rained out it's gonna be on Sunday okay yeah I'm gonna try to be there I'm not sure if I can this year I went last year but okay well I might see you there <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> so there's also that morning 11 to 1 uh, Fresh Pond Market at 360 here on Ave I can't believe it's closing it's a goodbye gathering so go by and celebrate uh, the final day of business for this uh, 97 year long running grocery store i mean i think i would have held out for three more years for sure right like you want that hundred that's like when i want to go and say like really (laughs) (laughs) well so apparently formaggio was moving into that space or they're contemplating buying that place right they bought they bought it already bought it and they are moving um into that space so it's much bigger than the their current location although i know like everyone in that neighborhood um is so sad about I know. Fresh Pond Market oh my going gosh! Especially so, so Jandavero. Oh, I know. It, yeah, I know. Um, okay, and so then also on Sunday is Meet Your Neighbor Day. Um, so you can these are happening all over the city. Yeah, there's block parties. There's events. There's like a map online. Yeah, and I it, it kind of stuck up on me. I wanted to do like a Meet Your Neighbor, come to my house, but like I. Couldn't get it together. But when I looked at the map on the Cambridge Are a lot of people doing it? I'd say there's like 20, 25 little events. Like, you know, lemonade and snacks at like Martin Street. Or, you know, there's people like hosting at their homes. That's super fun. And there's a block party on Tremont Street, for example. Um, There's a block party on Kennard Street. Am I saying that right? I don't know. Because actually, every time I say it, somebody is like, it's... The other way. I don't know. Yeah. So that street. Canard. 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 Uh, and so there's a lot of events happening. So you should check it out if um, you want to meet some of your neighbors. I do want to meet some of my neighbors. Maybe I'll just knock on their doors. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what I'll be doing on Sunday. Coming, <sighs> Me too. Coming to a neighborhood near you. Exactly. Um. Okay. So- yeah. So then I have some fun, exciting PSA. PSA. Uh, so West Nile... Some West Nile virus safety and prevention tips. Uh, so two mosquito samples were taken in West and North Cambridge. They tested positive for West Nile virus, which is super scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the city has posted some advisory signs in various parks and, and playgrounds. Uh, and we're happy to send more information uh, on that. They were also detected in 
Boston, Brookline, Framingham, Medford, and Newton. So and it's not just us. So we're not being targeted. No, by, by mosquitoes. <laughs> no, no, okay. we aren't. Uh, but yeah, we have gotten some emails about mosquitoes. So uh, there, there are a few precautions uh, you can you can take. You know, wearing repellent or protective clothing in the evening. So when we're going out door knocking, let's do that. You yeah, know, yeah. doing fi- you know, and fixing screens and eliminating any standing water. Wouldn't it be funny if you and I started like canvassing and mosquito netting? <laughs> <laughs> people would be like mm. oh mm-hmm. gosh yeah <laughs> who are you who are you yeah so just just wanted to tell people that because uh and you probably noticed the signs in some parks and playgrounds okay and then the women's commission has a couple of events coming up that look interesting um so on thursday september 26th from 7 to eight thirty, um they are doing a um an event called how is T- today's domestic violence movement feminist. So Anna Fleck, Anne Fleck Henderson, who's the author of Transition House, The Movement and the Mainstream, um, is going to discuss Cambridge's domestic violence agency's evolution from a feminist collective to today's more formally structured nonprofit organization. So there was a huge, huge article in The New Yorker um, about this and about the history of Transition House and how, mm, it's, yes. and how it has evolved. And um, I, actually, I actually feel like New Yorker articles are too long. Absolutely. So, but this one was a good one. <laughs> I would, I, I would invest the time. I'm just from me to you. Um, so that is again. That is uh, Thursday, September 26th, from 7 to 8:30, and that's at the City Hall Annex at 344 Broadway. And then also, I love this one: mapping feminist Inman Square. So, did you know that in the, in the 1970s, Inman Square was home to many women-owned businesses and organizations like a restaurant, a cultural center, health center, law collective, credit union, and craft collective? Or that one of the nation's first feminist bookstores thrived at 186 Hampshire Street for more than 25 years? Um, so, if you are interested in, in hearing the oral history of Inman Square and the feminist movement, that's happening on Thursday, September 19th, um, and that is happening at the intersection of Plymouth and Windsor Streets, uh, which is next to 91 Hampshire Street. So that's, again, Thursday, September 19th from 6 to 7.30. I um, have heard really good things about this. I've done all my reading and research on the um, on Inman Square because it was like the hotbed of yeah. the second wave feminism. And it's so interesting that it's right there. It's awesome. It's awesome. So go take a walk around. Um, let us know how it goes. We us- probably are in a meeting. <laughs> I, like last night, I so after the um, the forum, I went out. One of my friends is in town, and I went out with friends for the first time. And is it Casey who's in town? Yeah, my friend yeah. Casey. Um, f- like maybe in a month or six weeks or something. And I was just like looking around, like, wow, look at all these people just enjoying their life. What is that like? What is that like? <laughs> like they had clearly been there for a few hours, having fun, having fun, just hanging out. It was crazy. That's people do that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am. There's one other thing that I wanted to mention to folks: the the Crucible. Uh, <laughs> the Crucible. No, it's a play. It's a you know okay. obviously hopefully Arthur you, Miller. You've heard it, mm-hmm. heard of it. Yeah. So it's it's um being adapted and the uh, Central Square North the theater the North Theater Company is um, hosting that play and opening nights tonight. And it goes through October 13th. Look at something else we won't be able to go to. Yeah. So you guys go. So I have a okay, few friends in it. Go because some of those friends are in it and we can't. Yeah. And 
I've heard it's amazing. So one of my dear friends from Cambridge Ringe and Latin, uh, Eliza Rose Fichter, uh, the daughter of um, the Central Square Theater owner, um, oh. Deborah Weiss, or, or director, uh, is in it. And um, so is her boyfriend, uh, who's such a good actor. And then there's a lot of other awesome um, uh, actors in this. So I see a lot of their shows. And so you definitely check out The Crucible at the Central Square Theater. It uh, opens tonight and runs through October 13th, um, right kind of sp- before Halloween, but I, I love the it's Salem and I witches love the and witches and, and <laughs> uh, a lot of hysteria uh, and so definitely check it out. I wish we could. I'm going to like, try to go. Were you like speaking of feminists? <laughs> there's this there's this witch play. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I'm going to try to see it. I will try to really try to find a time. Like you're a liar. These are lies. Well, I was like, oh well, I was looking at shows at what time as it gets so dark. Yeah, don't know. So that's like, true. if it's like seven thirty, so dead when you're done door knocking. Yeah, so that's why I asked her like, how long is this play? Because the last one I saw was three and a half hours. <gasps> it was so long. I no, don't know how I did it. No, no, no. I don't know. I I was like, I'll never get that time back. And so she was like, Don't worry, it's like probably two and a half hours, which is still long. Well, it's not long unless you've been out knocking on people's doors for yeah, two hours yeah. I, I was thinking about going to opening night tonight but oh. i'm like this it's, week has it's been, raining right i hope it i just i'm praying it rains. <laughs> is that bad we're, we were both we both text and we're just like oh it's raining it's thank raining. god thank <laughs> god we don't have to <laughs> i promise we love dorian anyway so it was great to talk to you guys yeah five friends um, um we are back every yeah, week. We're back. We're back every week. Um, we're going to be bringing you all the news, everything that's happening. All the content. All of our feelings. All of our feelings. All of the events. So if there's anything you're interested in um, that we haven't covered, please tweet at us. I'm at A-M-M-A-L-L-O-N. And I'm at S-U-M-B-U-L-S-I-D-D at Gmail. And if you love this podcast and you think it's interesting or informative, and or funny, please share it with your friends. We'd love to be able to reach more people and tell them about what's going on here in Cambridge. So we will see you next week. Yeah, see you then. See you, bye.